Hey, we're back with episode two of the uh, Blood and Black Rum podcast. Uh, I'm Ryan from the Moon is Dead World and I'm here with my good buddy Chris Martin. Hello. Who um, doesn't have any presence online besides, uh, you know, his Facebook and his Twitter account. Actually, you don't even have Twitter. No, I don't have Twitter. You can't even promote this on Twitter. No, that's kind of sad. Maybe, maybe it'll get me to finally start getting a Twitter. So. Guess you know who's really doing all the promotion behind the scenes. Yeah. It's definitely, definitely not him. Ryan's in charge of marketing. That's yeah, that's pretty much true. That's accurate. Um, yeah, see, seeing as how I did spread it on like everything, and I didn't see you spread it at all. <laughs> like I said, you're in charge of marketing. Fair enough. Um, we're here today, uh, not again with not black rum. I I don't know why we have even titled it that if we're not going to ever have black rum. One day we will. We'll have some Kraken or some uh, Captain, Black. Captain Black, something like that. One day we will, and then we'll definitely make note of it. But right now what I'm drinking is, it was generously donated to me by Martin. It's a Natty Daddy, 25 fluid ounces. If I get through it in this podcast, I may die. <laughs> it's pretty terrible. It's a malt beverage with 8% alcohol, and I wouldn't say it's the worst I've ever had because I have had some really terrible ones when I was in college, but it's probably one of the worst ones that I've that I've had in some time, in some time. I, I thought I'd share the gift of really bad uh, malt liquor with you. Because it kind of fits the motif of mm. today's uh, movie. Yeah, it tastes, tastes like <laughs> college and parties. <laughs> Wait, what do you got? I'm on the other end of the spectrum. Not in quality, but um, I am drinking a Mick Ultra for is a superior light beer. We're watching our figures. <laughs> and Got to fit into that bikini this summer. Mick Ultra is kind of like the drink of choice around here for those people that don't like to think of themselves as rednecks, but... <laughs> They don't really want to step into like any craft brew territory. They, I don't know. They kind of just. They feel like they are kind of better than the, the bush <laughs> drinkers around, but at the same time, which bush is the beer of choice in our area? In our area, bush and Bud Light. But if you want to go extra fancy, because it's got that slim can that looks like you know, like you're drinking a Red Bull, make Ultra's the way to go. Yeah, I mean. My can basically looks like a porn star's huge throbbing cock. Throbbing cock. Yeah. So, I mean, to quote, you know, from Orange is the New Black, beer can. <laughs> so, um, well, now that we've we've gotten the introductions to our beers out of the way, because that's definitely an important part of this podcast, I guess, is, you know, cinema comes after alcohol. In, in this context. So now that we've gotten those out of the way, um, let's introduce what we're actually covering today, or what we, we hope to cover, which is the pretty awful, I'm going to say, Terminator Genesis, um, which we were hoping was going to be sort of another return to the Terminator franchise that didn't kind of suck like Terminator 3 did. I'll just put that out there right now. I, I really can't stand Terminator 3. I've only seen it once, and then when I saw it, I vowed never to see it again. <laughs> I even own it on DVD because at that time, 
when I, and I think this was what was it like 10 years ago that came out I want to say 2001 I, mean, I think yeah was it 2001 I don't know I have it right here so I can check it 2003 2003 so 12 years so that was 12 years ago holy shit that was yeah. a long time but 12 years ago when I was younger the way that I normally saw movies was to either rent them at like video world crazy I know yeah, I, know. I mean cra- renting fucking and VHS videos. yeah what the hell I know or to buy them myself uh, before I even saw them, or or to have my parents buy them for me because at that time I definitely wasn't supporting myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember that one year when Terminator Three came out on it was actually on DVD. Um, I asked for it for Christmas because I had had the Terminator One and Two on VHS before mm-hmm. um, because I remember buying those. At Walmart one time, or no, actually no, it wasn't. It wasn't Walmart. It was Ames. It was Ames. And for those people listening to the podcast, I don't know how much Ames resonates with you. It's kind of more of a yeah, it's Mass- more of a New England, New England sort upstate, of upstate New York thing. But it was a big, huge chain like Walmart that went the way of the dinosaur and kind of disappeared. It was like one of the biggest things around our area at the time, and mm. that kind of fucking it died out. So. Getting back to my story previously, I bought the VHS tapes of Terminator and Terminator 2 at Ames when I was younger, and so Terminator 3 was definitely something that I wanted to check out. I hadn't seen it at all. I didn't see it in theaters. I didn't see it you know, as a rental before I got it. I think I got it for Christmas one year, and I remember popping it in, being really excited about it, and watching it and saying, what the fuck was that? And I mean, this was 12 years ago, so what? what I mean, 26 now, I was... Like 14. Yeah. Generally, as a 14-year-old, I guess I would assume that I would have taken it in a little bit better way than I did. Yeah. But I definitely did not find any redeeming qualities in it. And I, again, have not returned to it, like I said. Like I promised myself well, and ju- 12 years ago. And just <clears throat> just to think that um, 12 years ago when that movie came out, nobody, whether you were a fan of the Terminator franchise or not... Uh, really enjoyed that movie. And now, you think back now, with Salvation, which both of us have not seen, the uh, Terminator 4 Salvation with Christian Bale. We haven't seen that one. And now with Genesis Sal, who would have thought, 12 years later, we'd still be going like, man, Terminator 3? It's not as bad as, you know... Mm, Yeah, I mean, Terminator Genesis definitely makes you think back and say... Maybe I do need to go back and rewatch Terminator 3. Maybe there there is something there that I can actually get behind. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're thinking 12 years ago, no one really knew in Terminator 3 who Christina Loken was, and no one really knows who she is now. <laughs> That's kind of an exaggeration, but, I mean, come on, she was in Blood Rain. Yeah, not a great movie. <laughs> I mean, she followed up Terminator 3 with Blood Rain. So you can tell that her career path. career trajectory really wasn't on the upswing. I mean, that was... Kind of like Catherine Heigl and um, <laughs> uh, Knocked Up. It was all downhill from there. You mean you didn't like that one film that she made that they made that grossed like $50? <laughs> I can't even remember what the name of that film was, but that's like the lowest grossing film and she's in it. But, but yeah, um, I've... I never owned the Terminator 1 and 2 or 3 on, like, VHS or DVD. I just remember 
when I was young, always seeing those movies when I was at friend's house or relative's house. I remember going to my one friend's, oh, my best friend's house when I was in elementary school, and he had Terminator 2 on VHS, and we'd watch it all the time. And, you know, looking back now, I'm of more of the opinion that I think Terminator 1 holds up the best. I think just as a pure sci-fi thriller, it's a great film. And it's very engrossing. And it's not over the top at where Terminator 2 is. Terminator 2 is kind of... You got all these great bells and whistles with the special effects and all these great action scenes, but overall, the acting, the story, it's just, you know... Nothing too special, but at the same time, I'm not saying it's a bad movie, don't get me wrong. I, I just think, I still think it's a great movie, but I will say, in my opinion, I think Terminator 1 overall is a better film just because it fits more what I like in a film. It's more drama-based, it's more, you know, not over-the-top with its action. Well, and, it's, and it's not the key po- uh, point. It's more like a horror film than, it, you know... Well, it is, yeah, I mean, it is definitely... Sits more in that horror genre than I would say Terminator Two. I, you know, and I think I kind of misunderstood you when we first brought up the idea that we were going to cover Terminator Genesis, and and we were talking about Terminator One and Two, mm-hmm. and how you were like, you know, I, 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 when you said you like Terminator, the first one, I kind of thought you meant that you didn't like Terminator Two that much, and I was like, well, that's kind of ridiculous. I and love Terminator <clears throat> Two. I just, you know, I but I get, I get what you're saying now. I understand what it's, you're saying. That. Again, like I said, I'm not saying Terminator 2 is a bad film at all. I think it is a great film, and I do love it. But to me, I get more out of watching Terminator 1. I think I think it just has this edge to it. And like, and I do like, like how it's kind of made on the cheap end, too. It, is, it adds yeah. to the grittiness to it. And, you know... Um, I mean, I think it sits closer to those... Like exploitation action films yeah. of the eighties than it does than Terminator Two does. Yeah, I mean it, Terminator Two definitely still has those aspects to it, but I think that the Terminator it's so much more polished, right? And I, I'm not taking anything away from that because again, the special effects in Terminator Two are fantastic. Oh, they are, yeah. And you know, I think uh, Robert Patrick as the T1000 in it, mm. he's excellent. He's comes off as so cold, but yet he's able to adapt and you know shows emotion, you know. When he's supposed to, because you know he's able to manipulate, and as they talk about in Terminator, Terminator Genesis, the whole point of the Terminators is so they can blend into human society and infiltrate. That's one of the key things in Genesis that they talk about is how these Terminators are meant to infiltrate, infiltrate, infiltrate. I mean, I'm always glad to see um, you know Edward Furlong in a movie. So <laughs> Terminator Two for me is. Um, one of those movies that I just I just kind of love. Um, I used to love, you know, all the the driving sequences were great in that. Um, and one of one of my friends that also blogs uh, or at the Liberal Dead and uh, Horror Sexy, check those sites out by the way, they're awesome. Um, Sean, he, he said bef- he had said one time when I was uh, watching another movie, like a really indie, low-budget movie that Edward Furlong was in. He, he asked me, because he hadn't seen it, he was like, is Edward Furlong still playing his you know, normal dickish self in that? And I said, yeah, you know, pretty much he is. You know, he hasn't really changed that much as an actor. He still is kind of like that. Well, now, sad to say, he's like older with like sort of his, you know, floppy 
foppish hair, uh, kind of it's kind of thinning. He's kind of put on a little ways, a little chubby. He he definitely plays those like pervert sort of like creeper you know, roles. Yeah, creeper roles a lot better now. <laughs> but at the time in Terminator Two in nineteen ninety one, he was definitely like one of those kids that you're happy to see in the film. Um, and I I think he did a great job in that one. Um, he was kind of like the the kid that you kind of wished you were, especially if you were watching it, you know, when you were younger. I like I know I was watching it when I was younger and thinking, wow, it'd really be fucking cool to actually be in that scenario. And um, I think now that I'm um, getting older, I ch- child actors like for the most part. Don't ever. I don't think they, for the most of them, not all, but I think most of them just can't ever do right by me. They they just come off like you know, it's just kind of annoying. And I can think back to in Terminator Two, and some of like just the lines that you know, Edward Furlong gives as John Connor is just being like annoying and terrible and bad. And you know, it's no fault of the kid. They're kids. They're learning. You know. Yeah. Most of them are thrust into those acting roles. Just you know. Yeah, because they look good and your parents want the paycheck. But you know, as a kid, that's something you don't really notice that no, much. I didn't but, notice it but, when I was one. But now that I'm older, like watching, like like I said, most films like that involve ch- child actors is just kind of like, oh god, do we really, do, did we really need that? I mean, it's also hard to distance yourself from that nostalgia of of seeing like the Terminator and Terminator Two back when you were younger. Mm-hmm. I know there's definitely like this sort of like aura around those movies because I remember, you know, my dad used to own a video store, all the VHS box tapes sitting out. I remember seeing Terminator 2 Judgment Day's box tape on the shelf and being like, wow, I really want to watch that movie. And at the time, um, you know, I, I was probably like five, six, wait, 1991, 89, actually, yeah, yeah, it would have been around like five or six, I would say, because... <clears throat> Uh, my dad owned the video store at that time, and the box was on the on the shelf. I remember seeing it, and just really wanting wanting to watch that movie, um, be, just because of the artwork. So there's like that sense of nostalgia sitting around the films that you've seen before, that really doesn't happen sort of now, or well, at least look, it won't now well, until later when you look yeah, back. Well, you let me look. You look at like just even more so, like how like. Compared to Terminator 2's, like, box art, like, think of just the original Terminator. It's just a picture of Arnold wearing right. sunglasses, holding a big pistol. Yeah. You know. What young boy is not going to... Well, yeah, it's, like, simplistic. What young boy is not going to look at that and see, you know... Probably for most young young bo- uh, kids, an unpronounceable la- German last name. <laughs> and then big silver, you know, bold silver letters saying Terminator on You know, you're going to, like, as a kid... You know, that's like, you know, like a lot of 80s action films did, and you know, it's just like checking off the boxes of like, what's going to, you know, get, you know, young men to want, you know, or kids like interested in wanting to see this movie. And it's still, like I said, it's still iconic, you know, to see Schwart- you know, Schwarzenegger looking imposing, holding a gun. It's like, you're going to be in for a good time. And I think, you know, part of that nostalgia kind of clouds the judgment a little bit. And I don't, you know, I, and that's not the case with Terminator Judgment, Ger, uh, ter, blah, Terminator Genesis. There isn't like that sort of clouding judgment, thinking back on, you know, what Terminator used to be, and wishing that was the case in Terminator Genesis. I went into it knowing full well that what I'm gonna, what I was probably gonna see 
was not going to be the same sort of Terminator styling that you know we were getting in the the original two. There's just no way for that to, to happen now. And, mm-hmm. and you know, um, well, because the, the the film series as a whole has evolved greatly over the time. You could say for better or worse, depending on your opinion. But like I said, one of the reasons why I personally love the original Terminator the best is because it's more of a science fiction horror film and a thriller. Yeah. Whereas, you know, Terminator 2, it's still science fiction. I mean, obviously, these are all science fiction films, but it's still more an action-adventure film. It's more action going on. And then, you know, Terminator 3, they got even more action crammed in there. And then by the fifth one, you know, like I said, we haven't seen Salvation yet. But, like, by the fifth one, you know, you still have the science fiction elements and whatnot, but there's no, like, horror. There's no thrill, like, thrillerness to it. It's devolved more into... And over the top action, where the action's not that great, it's too over the top, and they add more campy elements to it too. Because Terminator Three did also have some like campy well, yeah. jokes and stuff. And this, like Terminator Five, you know, there's parts when you're watching it, and you're like, "Am I watching like a, you know, buddy cop movie type thing with like how like campy like the dialogue and the jokes are, and how over the top the action is?" You know, like it, it, this movie is so far gone from like the first film. And even the second film, that at points it's almost like, what was the point of you making this film besides using the tu- you know the franchise to try to you know get more money out of it? Well, I think what, uh, an important part of you know talking about Terminator Genesis is to kind of run through the synopses of the first few movies mm-hmm. because I I would say that in the Terminator. There's a, it, I mean it's it's a science fiction plot like you said before mm-hmm. with a lot of horror elements and a lot of kind of st- it's like a stalker sort of movie. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, at the same time, I would say that it is very simplistic in its approach. It, no, it, it, I it mean is. it has you know it has those sort of outliers of like detail oriented things, kind of sort of uh, some backstory injection of characters at, at at times, but for the most part. We have what's set up is an initial plot, and then from there, it kind of, it doesn't really evolve past that very much. Mm-mm. It's a very simple plot. You know, you have a Terminator sent back in time, um, you know, to stop uh, the, a leader from rising up that will eventually become, you know, someone who can stop the computers. The machines that have taken in, over in the distant future. In the, in the future. Yeah. Um, other than that, it's really there's really not. I mean, you can you can go into more details. There's another guy who sent back as well to help you know stop the stop Terminator. The- um, you know, but other than that, there's really it's it's a very simplistic sort of um, cut and dry plot. You can you know you can actually put it out in one sentence. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that's really overarching about it that you really need to sit down and think. Um, but yeah. some, but sometimes simplicity is the, yeah. is the key. Like you know, um, there have been great films and books and music, etc. That you know have either great because they're simple and they you know make that simplicity work. And there's been stuff you know that comes from all sorts of media too that's more complex, and it makes it work. It's you know it's all basically about taking the pieces that you come up with and making them work. Like, you can get away with making a simple film if you, you know, if you shoot it right, have the right acting, the right direction to it, you know. 
you know, just because something's more complicated doesn't mean it's, you know, going to be better. You could give, you know, James Cameron simplest plot in the world. He could make it great. You could give Uva Bowl, you know... Well, the blood, rain, blood rain is pretty simple. I know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm like, you know, but I mean, like you say, like, you know, you can give him something more complex and deep and tell him, like, all right, we're going to have you remake Citizen Kane. And it's going to be crap. It's, you know. Do not give <laughs> Movie Bowl reason to actually go out and do that because I feel like he would take you up on that. I, you know, I <laughs> I feel like if they ever did remake Citizen Kane, so, some, like, there would be a outcry of people be like, you know, no. No. Yeah. I, I, you know, I think I do think there are certain. Well, why didn't they do that about vacation? <laughs> it's apparently not on the same level. As things. <laughs> I, guess, like... I guess not. I really consider it up there, but. But I would like I would like to think that like you know there would be some people in Hollywood if they like said like we're gonna remake Vertigo or we're gonna remake The Godfather and somebody like no they did Psycho. And well, pretty and pretty much though it was shot for shot. Well, I know. I, and, 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 you know. And that was actually at the forefront of remakes, really. I mean, it's, well, was, it's one of the yeah, one of the first ones, yeah. like you know, when Tim Burton redid Planet of the Apes, yeah. and you're like, what the hell are you doing? Tim? I mean, they've always done remakes, but that was at the forefront of like horrors, remake, crazy sort of. Well, I mean, that goes kind of goes back to though, like too, like I think certain genres of film, like horror films, you can get away with remaking a thousand times over because you can kind of spin like you know, not because they're they are time like for the most part timeless stories, but. You can spin them and change them with the effects enough to where, you know, like, it's going to stay fresh. You can't remake Citizen Kane over and over again because when Orson Welles made Citizen Kane, his filmmaking and his direction, his photo- like cinematography, so groundbreaking. Like, every major director, you know, like, from Spielberg and Scorsese and Peter Bogdanovich, like, those guys will tell you, like, why these are, like, you know, important films. How they, you know, broke the mold and yeah. stuff. You know, so, like, you know, they get a pass, you know. Well, what, what would you say, I mean, what would you say about remaking The Terminator? And I, potentially injecting Vince Vaughn in there. Well, well, see, I don't think remaking Terminator is a good, because I, I personally, I'm not somebody who's in favor of remaking or reimagining films. Okay, okay, no, okay. No, no, but, but I'm, I'm shutting you down for a second. But theoretically, Vince Vaughn is The Terminator. Go. What would you do? If Owen Wilson was a Kyle Reese, then yes. Okay, give me an Owen Wilson impression. Alright, alright, okay, hold on, hold on. I, no, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't even do a Vince Vaughn impression, I don't really know how to do one. Well, Vince, uh, Vince Vaughn. He kind of talks like this, he kind of talks really fast, you know, what are you, I mean, I'm, I'm here for John Connor, huh? <laughs> what would you, oh, do you know, I mean, oh. uh, Sarah, I think you and I, you know, <laughs> I think we gotta gotta go because uh, there's uh, Trump coming around. I think Luke Wilson's over there too. Uh, he's uh, the cop that's coming out. You know, we probably just go. All right. Well then. But yeah. anywho, going back to <laughs> no, going back to the remaking point, Genesis is basi- basically is kind of a remake of the first Terminator. It's part reimagination, part reboot, and part remake. With it is, yeah. And I think you know when I started out with this kind of train of thought before we got off into like reimagining Terminator, we kind of started putting out a synopsis. So, like, Terminator 1, we, we kind of covered. Terminator 2 is a little bit more of a sort of, like, a, a step up from Terminator. It's a little bit more complicated. They flesh out the background more on, yep. like, what Judgment Day is. and John Connor's older, mm-hmm. so there's definitely more for them to kind of cover about his character. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's more that 
kind of goes on in the futuristic aspect of it, of what John Connor sh- should become. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, now we have the Terminator is a good guy, rather, you know, a relatively good guy rather mm. than a bad guy. And we have a new machine that's sent back in time. But other than that, we still haven't really stepped away from that initial setup of John Connor is going to lead a revolution. Mm-hmm. There's got to be someone from the future that stops him. Mm-hmm. And that's your basic setup again. Yeah. Terminator 3 will fuck that one because uh, no one likes that one. We're going to skip that one. Terminator Salvation, we didn't see. We suck. Bad. <laughs> We're we're bad. I think I think the I think I think the plot of that one is it takes place in the few. It shows how John Connor becomes the leader of the revolution. And that's boring. And he and he, <laughs> fu- and he ends up fighting like the prototype T eight hundred. Yeah. So, so I, that's that's so, the point. So it's basically you see hit like he's an adult now, and this is how he becomes the leader of the you know revolution after you know Judgment Day occurs. But all of this is leading us to Terminator Genesis in its synopsis. Which I'm gonna let you. T- I'm gonna let you take it, and I'm gonna let you run with the synopsis and give us a very, very detail-oriented rundown of the years and the timelines that really go into making Terminator Genesis. Because I know you have it all down, like a, like you know, like you wrote it yourself. So go ahead and <laughs> give us, you know, your take on the entire timeline of it. Because it's it's also very simplistic. Just like it's, it's yeah. Genesis is uh, timelines and uh. Story is very simplistic. So, the the basic plot of Genesis is now we're in the future. The year is twenty twenty nine. John Connor has been le- and his rebels have been leading several attacks against the Skynet, which is you know the main computer system that took over, created Judgment Day. So John Connor and his uh, rebels have been fighting against the machines. They've been winning battles against the machines, and him and his most trusted lieutenant Kyle Reese, they're going to attack this what's supposedly supposed to be just a dingy machine outpost in Colorado, while another main team strikes the hardest Skynet. But what John knows is that this is that this uh, outpost in Colorado is actually. Just the front. It's actually, there's more to it. There's a bigger weapon there for Skynet. And then you have these attacks going on simultaneously where the team striking Skynet wins, and they also win in Colorado, and they find out there's a time machine there, and when they get to the time machine, they uh, it becomes too late because the first T-800, which is uh, the Arnold from Terminator 1, gets sent back in time. 1984, which is where the original movie takes place, gets sent back in time, so they decide to send Kyle Reese back in time because John tells Kyle that he knows these things because of his mother, who was contacted by Kyle Reese and the T-800 in the first Terminator, so that's why he knows all these things, so that's why Kyle Reese has to go back in time, is because that's what happened to his mother. So that's like the first. Uh, that's the first. That's like the first fifteen minutes. Yeah. Now. I'm- and when Kyle gets sent back in time, there's a. Ch- uh, what happens is you see John Connor get attacked by a T1000, which is the main Terminator from Terminator Two. Gets attacked by one, and then all of a sudden, when Kyle's going back in time to 1984 to find Sarah and to stop the T800. He starts getting new memories about 
What's about an alternate timeline? About from an alternate timeline. New memories that haven't happened that he doesn't ever remember timeline. because. But he remembers. But he remembers. But it didn't happen. But he doesn't remember. But he yeah. remembers. Yeah. Yes. So when he shows up. Important distinctions. So when he shows up in 1984, the whole timeline's been changed because of what happened there. So now Sarah knows about Terminators. She knows about. John being an important figure in the future, and she also knows that there is a liquid Terminator Mm -hmm. that's in this timeline that really shouldn't be there. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. Because Terminator 2 hasn't happened yet, except in this Terminator, there is a liquid Terminator. A T-1000. T-1000. And he's Asian. And that's definitely not the T-1000. Well, they can remember, the T-1000s can shapeshift to look whatever. Yeah, but if we're saying that, then why but I think, is... I think, I think the more plausible question would be, why is there an Asian po- cop in New York City in 1984? <laughs> um, New York City... And everybody trusts him. You know, no, New, I, I'm just New York City back then wasn't really known for, you know... No, this... Like Los Angeles wasn't really known for cops loving and, different races. And, the, and uh, the bigger question is... Why didn't Robert Patrick want to be in this movie? Because he probably read the script and he's like, yeah, no. Yeah, but I don't think that works because he's also in From Dust Till Dawn, the series, and that's not much better than this one either. <laughs> but, you know, at the same time... We do, out of this, we do get out of this at least some interesting parts when they get go back to 1984. They recreate with a... I believe it was a computer-generated Arnold... Oh yeah, to make, yeah, definitely. It, that make, definitely bridges the yeah. gap with, in the uncanny valley. Yeah, that was rear, very, very creepy for me. I, but I, um, I still appreciate it because, like I, you were saying, with Psycho, a shot by shot remake. When you see Arnold come back to 1984, it, they have him computer generated to look like Arnold in 1984. But not only that, it's almost a shot by shot remake of, of him around. of him arriving in 1984, yeah. running into the punks and taking their clothes. Exactly. You know, I you know I can. Yes. It's the, the movie does have some nods to the old Terminator films where you're, if you're a fan of the franchise, you'll be like, oh, that's kind of nifty and neat. But at the same time, you'll be going. What, you know, this movie should be trying to stand on its own. Don't be trying to go for the cheap, you know, nostalgia, you know, pop. Like, the cheap, you know, like, oh, that happened. Because there's a scene when, when Sarah shows up in, um, in the movie, when Kyle Reese is there, she shows up to save him while the, T8, uh, the T-1000's attacking Kyle. Yeah. And you have no reason, like, you don't understand. Like, we were sitting there the entire time going, like, why is the T-1000 here? The T-1000... Doesn't you know get sent? Why would they send a T one thousand back here now? Because the movie doesn't explain to you how, when the T one thousand, another T eight hundred, all the all those other Terminators are getting sent back. Like they don't explain that. Well, the- which makes the time travel aspect of it all that more confusing because they don't explain to you at all when are these when are these happening? You know, the, the timeline's been altered, but it sh- shouldn't have. It should be an alternate timeline. It, like I said, uh, like I was telling him in the theater, it's too, they made it way more complicated, way more convoluted than they need to. Time travel itself in film is a very, very finicky thing where you have to get it like on the nose right. Otherwise, you'll have everybody going, 
what the fuck, this doesn't make sense at all. Well, I think that's part of the problem that we're kind of getting at here when we're doing the synopsis for the other ones is that now, instead of a simplistic sort of straight straight timeline, we have all these branches. You know, they could tell us there's a fucking alternate universe somewhere else that has all of the things that happen in Terminator 1 in a different universe, and that can, that's, I mean, we just kind of have to go with it. In Terminator Genesis, the audience is kind of forced to just have to go with whatever they tell you. It, you know, if movie they say... Lot, movie has a lot of exposition in it. I mean, if they <laughs> say the T-1000's back because it's alternate timeline, we kind of just have to go with it. There's no but like I said though, like, like I it. said though that none of that doesn't make sense. Like how when Kyle Reese gets attacked, I mean not Kyle Reese, when John Connor gets attacked while Kyle Reese is getting sent back in time, that shouldn't change the timeline that he's getting sent back into because time, you know, time flow. It should be like a different timeline. And like I said, they don't ever explain. When the other Terminators got back to the sent back to the seventies and this point, so I mean, well, yeah, and, and that's another big thing too is that they come up with the the Terminator that was sent back to kill to Sarah Connor kill when she was a kid. Sarah Connor when she was a kid, and where the fuck did that come from? I mean, and so now we have another Terminator that's good from her past that's now come you know been protecting, protecting her, protecting her since then, and it doesn't factor into the regular timeline at all that we've established in Terminator 1 and 2. And that's one of the big things that's that I think instead of really hitting on things that worked in the first couple of Terminators and then kind of branching out from them, it kind of got stuck in its own, you know, stuck in its own, I would say, tornado mm-hmm. of all of this stuff that it was trying to stick in together, you know, to try to put this film into context with the other ones and try to, you know, make fans of the old ones happy because it wanted to, you know, recreate some of those scenes at the same time by reusing all of that stuff from the first and second film and and really the second film not that much because mm-hmm. it doesn't even use that timeline very, you know, because in this film that well, was, doesn't well, exist well, really. Well, I was going to say as as I after the film I went home and I was like trying to figure out the timeline stuff. I stumbled upon uh, one of RedLetterMedia.com's videos, and they were like they did like a sketch on like you know the Terminator timeline, and it's just hilarious, and they sum it up so well. And I encourage I think we'll, we will defer to them, and to I, I will I will encourage anybody everybody to check check it out because it is hilarious be, because they, it sums up how well in, like their fifteen minute sp- spiel on how how convoluted how and stupidly how ridiculous it none of it makes sense. Be- I, and what I really liked about it is that it, in the first part of that, it threw out the important years, mm-hmm. and the important years were like every fucking year. There was I mean, like <laughs> yeah, there was, there was like twelve different important 12, years. Twelve different important years. How how any audience goer, you know, just sitting in the audience watching Terminator Genesis for the first time is sitting there just putting that in their mind. Yep, nineteen eighty four. Yep, nineteen seventy. Yep, and I have I have a history degree and I was having a hard time oh, like sitting oh God, there yeah. keeping track of all the dates. Like, I think I remember this like time this year, this year, this year, this year. And at some point it's just like, oh fuck it. it you know at some point you just kinda have to get rid of all of that knowledge. And I think that's a big flaw with Terminator Genesis is that using those first two movies um, and trying to branch off of them is actually a flaw. You know, in 
in other films that are kind of trying to recreate the sense, or you know, it's not really a remake, but maybe it's the like re- sort of the a reimagining, the or reimagining a, of a reboot, and a reboot. You know, you want to kind of bring up those topics from the first films, or or maybe like uh, you know, a Just shot a- that kind of reminds you of it. But at the same time, you want to distance yourself from it because you don't want to be compared to it. You know, shot for shot. You well, to be to be fair, if you don't want that kind of comparison, don't fucking remake it. Well, don't, don't back because to- because again, like like I said, we haven't seen Salvation, right? But from what I understand of it, it's you know John Connor and how he became you know the leader of the Resistance Against the Machine. What was wrong with making this movie continuing that storyline going on? You can still because it has Genesis in the title, and how are you going to do that? Well, you didn't have Genesis. To make, you is the start of something. I know, but you didn't have you. You didn't. I know. Well, I know. In I'm this like, case, it's also a computer program. Yeah, but I mean, at this at the same time, you didn't have to go in that direction. You could have made it continue John's storyline right. and what, like how he began, like how he conquers this. Well, but, but I mean, because again, like I said, yeah. I mean, it's been thirty years now since the first Terminator came out. So in a sense, you could say maybe reboot it because. You want to get the franchise known more to others, mm-hmm. but when you're, if you're rebooting it, reimagining it, throwing it into a different timeline, all this other crap, yet, you know, if they wanted to do that, just ignore the original content and start over again. Yeah. You know, kind of yeah. like, kind of like what J.J. Abrams' Star Trek has done, you know, it's, you know, it's technically an alternate timeline from, you know, the original series, but, you know, they... Put themselves in their own little universe. What you know from the original Star Trek show and the movies doesn't matter because they don't, you know, it doesn't take place in that timeline. It's a whole different universe. That's what they should have done. You could still get the comparisons, but at the same time, you're not, you know, recreating shots. Having Arnold in as three different Terminators and three different very ages and. Well, me not, so let's say me not seeing Star, you know, Star Trek very, you know, I haven't seen a lot of them. I, you know, I've seen the first episode. I've seen, you know, various other ones. Would I understand Star the Star Trek movies because I haven't seen them? Would I understand those if you had no, much if I if I had no background? Yes, yes, now, because they do with those films. It's a, like I said, it's a complete it reboot. Kind of it start it starts over from basically how Kirk gets his captainship. Now, if I didn't see Terminator. Any of the Terminators that I hadn't seen Terminator 1 or 2, would I understand Terminator Genesis? No. Would I understand Terminator Genesis if I had seen 1 and 2? No. No. No, so, I mean, it, it doesn't really... I mean, I guess... Because the whole time... The actually, whole, I, you know, I think you, you might be better going into Terminator Genesis blind. not knowing anything about it. You'll appreciate some of the... Some of the... Nostalgia things a little bit better. Like, oh, that's kind of nifty and cool. Like... To me, like one of the cooler scenes though that was in the film, for, it was mainly from a nostalgia's sake point, is when they had the attack at the police station. In the original film, it's a more like horror, more thriller. You know, there's I mean, some he action. Out his eye in the first one. I mean, yeah. it's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty it's, horrific. It's then. more you know thrill like that whole police station fight. Yeah. It's more you know like a thriller. It's more you know there's like drama to it. They do that same police station, not the same, but they re- they do another police station uh, action sequence and breakout, and it's they crank the action up on it, and you know that to me was kind of like I kind of did appreciate that because like oh it's a callback, but they changed it like completely, you know, 
completely to where it made sense. And you had some even some funny lines in there too that actually made you laugh. Like the one like, oh, the these damn future robots and they're you know covering up their tracks. Right. You know that was like oh that was actually you know one of the few funny lines in the movie. But I mean like that was a callback that I appreciated and you know it, it was a lot better than like. Sarah Connor hitting a T-800 in a van saying, come with me if you want to live, you know. Where they, you know, kind of like, it's kind of like, oh, we're turning it on snows type of thing, you know. I mean, yeah, I, I do appreciate those those ideas that they want to kind of throw back to the old ones. But at the same time, like I was saying, it in this scenario, especially when they've tried to cram so much into Terminator Genesis all at once, it definitely does not work as well as a film that's just trying to, you know, get some of those shots in and then branch out from its from its source, source material. material. You know, like when we saw Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. I have to say, I was not a huge fan of Evil Dead. See, I did I did like Evil Dead though. I I, 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 I at least I at least way. I know like they stuck pretty close to the overall thing. But like like I said, cuz it's horror, they kind of like it was more about the updated effects that you know that made it more like you know that kind of like made it more of a spectacle i'm not saying the remake of evil dead was great yeah or a good movie or you know better than the original because it's not but like at the same time that was one of the remakes i saw and i was like you know at least i you know i got where they were going with it i could enjoy it for what it was Plus, you had Bruce Campbell at the very end of the credits saying groovy, and that just, to me, you know, was it, worth the price of admission. And why I brought it up was really because, though I wasn't a huge fan of the film itself, I did like how they used some of the shots from that film. Mm-hmm. Especially, like, the ones winding through the woods. You know, those are iconic things the, that you, you definitely staples. see in Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 mm-hmm. that they kind of hit on, and they did it very well. In Terminator Genesis, they do do some of that well, but at the same time, by doing that, they kind of reference what could have been. Too much. And Terminator Genesis just is not. And I think we've spent a lot of time on the timeline part of it. But even, you know, even the comedy aspect of it that we kind of commented on after we saw it is flawed. I would say it's of, very flawed. Out, very out of place. It's very odd. It's, um, it's a... One of the you know, comedy is a big part of not so much Termin- the Terminator, but Terminator Two. Mm-hmm. There is some comedy aspect to it. Terminator, Aspe- Terminator you know, Three does have yeah. more campiness to it, with like yeah. how you know you have um, just certain things, like the certain interactions between John and his, um, I believe it was his girlfriend, the red hair. I can't remember her name, but uh, the red hair. Drawing it, blank because it's <laughs> so long time. So. But I mean, like I said, like you know, it was. Terminator 3, like, amped up the, like I said, amped up the action, but not so much in quality, but just, like, overall action, you know, and, and the campiness, too, and I think, I think a lot of sequels do that, too, not just, like, action films, they, they take certain, like, you know, it's kind of like with the Bond franchise, big Bond fan, you know, it's, for me, Ryan's not, though, but, like, you know, I, I, (laughs) I wouldn't say I'm not a fan. People would be up in arms about that. Oh, I know. But no, I would say that well, I like, see, I'm not very well versed in it. Though. But I mean, like, you can, you know, like, one of the things you could see from, like, you know, the Bond franchise, and I think it, like, kind of correlates to a lot of, like, film franchises, like, the first two films, Doctor Known from Russia with Love, they're hard boiled detective stories, spy thrillers, they're gritty. Mm-hmm. You get to Goldfinger, you know, because Bond in the few, first few films had, like, maybe a few one-liners. 
Goldfinger, they just amped up the camp, you know, amped up the camp, you know. Yes. Like, you know, had a lot of one-liners, had more, you know, ridiculous situations, explore, you know, the action. That's why, like, as a bo- like a, for me, being a James Bond f- fan, I appreciate more the down-to-earth, more gritty s- films compared to, like, the Roger Moore, more campy, you know, one-liners everywhere, actions definitely over the top and ridiculous. And I think that's something, like, that Terminator Genesis is. It's like, you know, you take something... That was originally down to earth, right? More, you know, gritty and hard boiled, it's kind of and, and it's over time. and it's become just bloated into this, you know, huge action sequence here, huge action sequence there, and you know, and like and, have got to have these random jokes and things. Like you know, one of the big jokes in the film is because Arnold's uh, he's a robot. He he's a robot. He doesn't, he doesn't have he doesn't know what emotions are and what feelings are. And Kyle Reese is creeped out by this because all he's ever known his entire life that Terminators are death machines. And, like, you know, he's like, would it kill you to smile? And Arnold smiles. But when he's smiling, he's smiling like, you know, like an idiot. He's like, got his, all his teeth showing out. Like, you know, he's, you know, it's, it's, you know, supposed to point out, like, look, you know, he's being funny and, like, trying to act human, kind of like in Terminator 2 where Edward Furlong's trying to teach Arnold how to be more human-like, you know, like, you know, and how to be more compassionate and, you know, understand humans. And where that's done, like, a more meaningful sense, you know, they just take that kind of idea and, like, amp it up to ten. Right. I think that they definitely have used Arnold in a way that is sort of uncomfortable for me. Not not because of the Uncanny Valley situation of the, you know, computer-generated version of him, but um, in general, they definitely like to mock him a lot more than you know you would normally see in a Terminator film. It's different. It's about most of the comedy is really about him. Kind of poking fun it's at him. Poking yeah. fun at him. You know there are scenes explicitly that say you know he looks like an older model. He looks like he's you know obsolete. He look you know it's it's poking fun not just at the Terminator but at Arnold in such a way that it it kind of over time becomes. Belittling and yeah, take, take, it, it, becomes it takes way, 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 way too exaggerated. And you know, I don't, I don't normally have a problem with that. But in a film like Terminator Genesis, that is a you know action oriented, and um, you know, it definitely has a serious tone to it most of the time. You know, mm-hmm. most of the time, it would like to have a serious tone. It's trying to. It's trying right? to. Um, when it does break away to those comedy aspects. Um, I really it it doesn't work. It feels very forced. Um, I don't. I, and I think part of that too is the way that the actors really deliver on those lines. I mean, I won't say that um, you know the actor who plays Kyle Reese, who is um, Jai Courtney. I wouldn't say that he's a terrible actor, but I also wouldn't say that his delivery on those comedic lines is very good. Um, I, I just don't think he hits those notes very well. I mean, I, I to be honest with you, I honestly wouldn't... None of the acting stood out to me. The only one that I was pleasantly surprised with was Arnold. I thought Ar- yeah, I thought Arnold, it's like, you know, it's like old hat for him. And I wish, you know, with the story and where they were going with it, they would have given him more to do and be more, you know... More like an actual Terminator instead of basically looking like a buffoon most of the time. I know. I, I definitely, you know, it feels like they 
they did that intentionally and I didn't I just didn't I couldn't get behind that in Terminator Genesis all the times that it really wanted to kind of poke fun at Arnold I you know it was funny the first time when they made mention of it the multiple multiple times after that just kind of became grinding to me I, I just I just couldn't get behind it and I think you know part of that was the writing part of that was um, you know how the uh, actress played it up and I think part of it was, you know, Arnold kind of going along with it, which I think he was a good sport about it. Um, Definitely. At the, at the same time, you know, he's better than that. He showed that he could be better than that in this film. And I would have liked to, um, you know, have seen him in a more serious role where he got to, you know, portray himself the same uh, as he did in Terminator and Terminator 2. Um, it's unfortunate too that um, you know people like J.K. Simmons. Yes. I was just was about to say. You know who? Which oh, I forgot. I was gonna say I forgot to mention because I was sitting there thinking. That's why I had to kind of like quickly browse on like IMDb quick, real quick. So I was like, oh, I'm drawing a blank on his name, but I'm like, because J.K. Simmons also bit part. But he he was actually you know yeah he was great in his role. What I was gonna say is that it's unfortunate that we don't get to see more of him. Yeah, I mean he's obviously playing that sort of frazzled guy uh, agent who knows a lot more than most people, but everybody thinks he's crazy. Yeah, they, and they, I mean he plays it very well in yeah. this film. Um, but at the same time, it's really unfortunate that he doesn't get more of an opportunity to bring that out. Mm-hmm. I mean he's really only in it for the. 15 minutes. I would, I, well, no, I would say it's more than that. I would say it's the final third of the film, but at the same time, it's hard to keep in track of that because Terminator Genesis is jumping all over the place all the time. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> it's really hard. I would say that Amelia Clark, uh, who played Sarah, is really only there because they want to hike her boobs up. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. And she does have sort of a Lim- Linda Hamilton uh Facial structure. I say I think that you know that was one of the main reasons that they cast her was that she has that facial structure that looks a lot like Linda Hamilton, and I mean I feel like they really did get that down. I, that I was mean, one of the things. I I will say I wasn't thrilled. I mean I I do get the whole hiking boobs point up because they had that pointless locker room scene where they were expositing dialogue. Uh, her and Kyle Reese about because like, they were getting ready to go back, uh, get set into t- uh, forward in time. Um, you know, they were having a dialogue scene about, like, you know, how they feel and, like, you know, about the situation. Yeah. And, you know, the entire time Kyle's already been unclothed and whatnot. And you have the two, you know, the lockers dividing them to show that great symbolism of their, you know, they're separated, you know, but eventually they'll come together. And, but he's already been disrobed and, you know, and he's just sitting there listening to her talk, but she's already, she's taking her clothes off, you know, you get to see her, like, take her shirt off and then, like, take her pants off and, you know, you know, whereas, like, you know, that's, that's becoming more of a focus than, you know, than anything. And it's, bas- it's basically like a pointless scene. It's like in uh, Star Trek when you had the one scene between Kirk and the girl and she's take they're getting ready to go out and she's you know you see her with her clothes off and she's like what you know it's kind of like oh you know men like this these films type men of thing. like men like this film yeah I so. guess you would say but um, so I mean I I think we touched upon you know sort of the the weird timeline that doesn't really make sense. 
we touched on sort of the ways that it kind it, it imitates the first and in, in sort of the second Terminator without actually making any progress in it. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of just confuddles I mean, there, to make it word up the I mean, way that it, it, it uses its timeline. I mean, there's points in the film, too, that just drove me kind of insane, too. Like, um, one of the big points in the film, um, it's kind of a spoiler, is um, that Genesis is the new Skynet because it's the it's a t- new. Because it's in, in the future, it's a new, you know, program operating system. Yeah. A la iPhone. Yeah. Instead of Skynet being this like military, uh, like program that can like has capability to launch like uh, missiles and stuff, it's become a whole public thing. And Skynet is now this op- operating system known as Genesis. Which That's why they use SYS in the title. For anybody who did not know that, yeah. they did not mean to spell it wrong. They did it on purpose. Yes, because that's the name of the operating system. Just but, so you know. But what I find like to be, like you know be kind of ridiculous with it, like they have like because they try to connect it to modern society with they like do. It, like with like this is like Genesis this is going to allow me to connect my like iPhone with, with like my phone to my tablet to my computer to my car to this and to that. You know, because... And you actually sounded... I think that was word for word what he says in the film. Yeah. Because Genesis, Terminator Genesis is really fucking vague about what Genesis actually does. I mean, it they just sounds say, they like just, iPhone. Yeah. That's all it sounds like. They, they don't even tell you what else... Like, why is it bad? What the fuck is it going to do? They just, say, they just say it's an operating system that, uh, you know, people are... You know, that has over a billion... Uh, a, bil- a, 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 a billion users. A billion people bought it. I looked it up. The iPhone has just recently hit 500 million users. 500 million. So in Terminator Genesis, they are assuming that another they're going to double. You know the, the iPhone. The, yeah. the iPhone. But at I mean, the same time, everybody in Kenya bought one. Is that what they're saying? <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs> that's the point Ryan made. But that's where he got kind of lost in the film. But I mean, like, because I mean, I was out. The the operating system, like Genesis, wasn't even create. Like, it was created, but it hadn't been downloaded yet. It was a billion yeah, pre-orders. Exactly. That's another thing that I didn't really understand is that everybody seems to be able to use their operating system. It, I mean, it's like well, no, the it's, film it's a, it's, is like it's saying a, it's a there's pre-order. a different one. No, and it's, then yeah, it's, it's like they're using like. Like instead of like iOS eight, they're using iOS seven, or yeah. you know they're using bubblegum instead of yeah. whatever the fuck. Well, the I mean, uses. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but, I don't use them. <laughs> but they're yeah no, they're saying a billion people pre-ordered this thing that's supposed to just be able and to like, connect all your devices together, and some of them being military. So that kind of connects the Skynet with like I guess with you know like the military are using it too. So you know they you know, they might you know Genesis is gonna go rogue and have you know missiles launched everywhere, but. At the same time, but at the same time, this Genesis is created by Miles Davis's son, who's the guy in Terminator Two. Is that the real name, Miles Davis? I believe it like is. Like the jazz artist Miles Davis. Yeah, I'm gonna. My, <laughs> no, it's Miles Dyson. Oh, like Dyson, the vacuum cleaner guy. Oh, whatever. Because Miles Davis yeah. is a jazz artist. No, I know, I was but thinking, wow, that's pretty topical. I guess I don't know. <laughs> Uh, you know, yeah, Miles, but, Di- Miles Dyson is the name of it. First big fuck up here, but that's <laughs> a good thing but, you looked it up because now the vacuum cleaner guy is the guy that's doing it. That's definitely. But no, like so in Terminator Two, Miles Dyson is the guy who found you know was working at Cyberdyne when they 
found, you know, the Terminator hand and they were reverse engineering to figure out how to, you know, all the technology and like yes. how they were, you know, how he'd eventually create Skynet. But in Terminator 2, I mean, granted, apparently through all this crap, Terminator 2 and 3 don't take place. They don't. But. Per scientist guy. But, you know, that's kind of not pointed out to you and whatnot, but. And so, if if Terminator Two does still does still take place, then you have Miles Dyson who died trying to destroy, you know, Skynet, you know, with Arnold and Linda and you know Edward Furlong, you know, you know, died trying to stop that. Why the hell would his son, you know, you know, start working for Cyberdyne and work on this technology and stuff? Like it, to me, that makes just no sense. I mean. Again, I un- I understand it's supposed to be kind of an alternate timeline. Certain things didn't happen, but the film doesn't explain to you. Maybe if you know before they f- the film, or after the film, they like get during the end credits instead of having like an end credit scene, they had um like a diagram of like this is the timeline. This is the, you know really the whole timeline really and like having all these different arrows pointing around the dates. Think, and I don't think the writers could figure that out though. I think I don't think they. they I don't think that. I don't think they care. I don't think. Well, no, I don't think they care either. <laughs> I just want to say that I am impressed that you were able to even come up with Miles Davis because I definitely didn't remember the name at all. I, I, I knew it was, I, I knew, I knew it was, I'm, I'm impressed with that. But, well, I mean, I knew it was Miles something. But I mean, just, that's the one thing though, is that, you know, it's really interesting that Genesis itself, the title of the film is really not that well explained because Terminator Genesis loves to explain to us everything. Mm-hmm. It's like filled with exposition. It's a film that is exposition. I, I want to say that eighty percent of the film is exposition. It's it suffers from what uh, the remake of RoboCop is, which that's a topic for a whole other day because that's well, a film yeah, we'll cover that. that later, because, say, because that's a film that pissed me off and Ryan off to a great degree because we both love the original RoboCop. But, you know, I mean, this film is kind of like that, though, where it's, you got all this, you know, it's a two-hour film, easily could have been an hour and a half, you know. Uh, I would say it could have been an hour and a half if it didn't have to incorporate all of that ridiculous time jumping. If Yeah, no. If they, it was just out of control. <laughs> out of control. But, but like, like, like I said, like RoboCop, it suffers the same problems, where it's, this film, you know, you're expecting... One thing you're expecting, like action, a sci-fi story, and what do you get? It's not like you're not being shown; you're being told, and that's one of the biggest things in cinema. That's like a like a you know big no-no. You want to be shown and have the audience figure it out, not be exposited upon. Like like why is it? Well, why am I here? Well, because you know, 15 minutes later, you know. Exposition explaining I, what's going on, you know, and then and that's basically all that Terminator Genesis is is really, you know, we got to get from point A to point B, and then it takes some time to tell us how we got there, and then you know it just continues on that that route until we get to the end, and I think that that's a big problem with Terminator Genesis. If we we you know if if it wasn't confusing and it wasn't convoluted, then the audience shouldn't need to have all that exposition. But I. I to be honest with you, they it has to be in there somewhere because how else are we going to understand what is going on? There's just no way. Um, and, you know... Well, I think also, too, it's not just this film, too, but like I said, it's other films that, like, in recent years have all these this exposition, especially with, like, reboots and reimagining, like, to try to initiate people who may not know or they do know, but they want to try to catch them up on the new things that are changing and whatnot. I think... These films have a lot of exposition in them because I think 
the writers and the director. They're trying to incorporate everybody. They're trying to incorporate everybody, but I also think, too, they think people are just generally stupid. And you Well, know, I kind of felt stupid in this film. I, it was making my head hurt, to be honest mm-hmm. with you, trying to figure out... And that's and that's part of the reason of coming from like knowing what happens in Terminator and Terminator Two is that it's it makes your brain hurt trying to figure out how this film fits into the context of it. It just doesn't. And I think they can pawn it off as an alternate universe, but when you come when it comes down to it, it just feels like lazy writing where they didn't figure out how mm-hmm. it actually fits in. And I mean, if you watch a, a TV show like Twelve Monkeys that's on Helix or that's a on Hel- not Helix. Getting a little drunk from this uh, nanny daddy right now. Um, um, that's on Sci-Fi, Twelve Monkeys. Mm-hmm. That actually does a pretty good job of figuring out how to work in time travel in a way that will not, or or actually does use you know those kinds of weird um, you know things that happen in a in a time jump. Where you might meet yourself mm-hmm. um, in the time jump, they use that to its advantage. In Terminator Genesis, it doesn't even really think about that. I mean, Kyle Reese meets Kyle Reese. It, it shouldn't mm-hmm. happen. And what happened? And there should be ramifications. There should be ramifications. Or, and really, what we all we see is that now he has flashbacks that he remembers it. Mm-hmm. It it just none of it just which really the, which here which doesn't make sense though either because of like. This is like where it gets all convoluted again. It's like it doesn't make sense to him have time, like uh, knowledge of a timeline that he didn't live and exist because it, he didn't go to it's the, like alternate. It's like somewhere, uh, like you know, he I'm didn't not... he didn't live in that timeline. He didn't experience that timeline. If he got sent to a different timeline where that stuff happens, yes, he yeah. wouldn't know I that. Would it would be his other self in that timeline well, that would have that knowledge. You know, it's you know, it's not even like that was like a past life or anything. It wasn't. He never yeah. lived it. Yeah, so like that, like make that makes absolutely no sense. It but, should, but that's like again, that's where this like hall, like you know, we're both coming from. It's just like this big blob and of like all this stuff, and you're sitting there as like a member of the audience, going like, "What the f-? like?" And the action doesn't even help to make any of this better either. Uh, no, not really. I mean. Like I said, it's eighty percent exposition, so we're not getting that much action. And when we do get it, it's very underwhelming. I would say it's ten percent. Yeah, it's right? very uh, underwhelming. I it's... would not say that it's any bigger than that. I think the best part of it is when it does go with that T one thousand in the beginning with the liquid metal. I would say that's the best part of it because I've always been kind of prone to liking that sort of mm-hmm. ability anyway. Um, when it gets more into like that T one thousand. That's kind of like an advanced version of it that can change like that's like magnetism. I think that I think that thing's called a T nine thousand. T nine, yeah, whatever that is. T eight thousand, T nine thousand. Let's give it a number and shut the fuck up. You know, I don't think that that one works as well, even because basically it's the same thing, but just with magnetism. Mm-hmm. You know, well, not like like I said, not like that. I think like you're right. I do think like the. Action in that first part is good, mm-hmm. but everything else after that, like on the San after Francisco that, bri- bridge like... and the helicopter chase scene and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the helicopter <laughs> chase scene. I'm glad you brought that up. I almost forgot about it. It's been it's been like what like almost a week since we saw the movie, yeah. so it's 
five days. Yeah, it's been a little while. I've kind of forgotten stuff about it already, but because it is that forgettable, it definitely hasn't been on my mind. Is is the key phrase there? But the helicopter chase scene is probably one of the best things to bring up because it is so funny. I think it's more funny than it means to be. You know, a helicopter falls off a building, and they are able, Side, sideways. Sideways, and they are able to correct their path at the last second, and you know, fly away. And yeah, no, that to me, I, that was like one of the points where I was like, you know, I've never walked out on a movie. Ah, uh, no, I, uh, I, I know, I know there are people who do, but I'm so stubborn that you well, know, I mean, if I eight fifty for it, yeah. eight fifty. I know, I'm so stubborn, and the seats were, you know, very uncomfortable too, uh, but, yeah, but I mean, I'm so stubborn, like, if I paid that much to... 850. Uh, well, it was 9 for me, because I paid with the Oh, yeah, yeah, well, that's your fault. Because uh, I didn't have cash, cash on, me. on you. But, but I, I, you know, I'm so stubborn, I'm not going to just walk out of a film if I don't like it. I'll sit there and just deal with it, because, you know, I, pay, I paid for well, it. I mean, are you saying that you would have walked out at that point if you didn't pay for it? I might have walked out sooner, but that's one of the points where it's like this This film doesn't want to take its... And there's no problem with films not taking themselves seriously. In certain contexts, it works. But again, when a film is trying to be, you know, dead serious, you know, and all... And yet, at the same time, they're throwing in these random, you know... One-liners. One-liners and nonsensical phones. things. Yeah. Like, you know, trust me, you know, with like RoboCop, if I would have walked out of that like halfway through, but stubborn old me, I did it, but... This is like a film that, you know, I might have walked out on if, you know, if I was that kind of person. Just because it's how, like, we were talking like a great deal about, like, the time travel makes no sense. You know, the storyline is lazy, makes no sense. The actions, for the most part, outside of, like, the first action sequence is very dull and boring. And typical, you know, just nonsense action and... You know, there was a scene too when I'm talking about the action with uh, on this, you know, when they're on the Golden Gate Bridge and the bus is like leaning over. I was thinking to myself, oh, I'm like, what is yeah. this, the Lost World? Is, uh, do I expect Jeff Goldblum? Like, yeah, hi, uh, Terminators are coming to, um, yeah, uh, kind of, you know, come and get us. We uh, nah, yeah, need help. To be honest, if Jeff Goldblum was in it, I would have been more impressed. Oh, if he was, I would have watched the film no matter what because yeah. Jeff Goldblum. But that, I mean, like, that's my point. Like, there's like just like the act and the effects too in this movie are not good. They no, they are no. not good. You can I mean, you can clearly tell. And I would say that they are. I would say that they are good in the way that they are too good. They are too good CGI. That it, it's like when you're watching it and you're watching an '80s movie, and you can tell. Okay, they've done this with practical effects, mm-hmm. and you can tell there's definitely flaws in it. I was, you know, there's definitely flaws in what I'm seeing, but it's pretty cool because it was all done practically. Well, well in Terminator Genesis, you have it, that it's so good that it's all kind of sanitized. It's like so CGI. You, you can, can spot it. Spot super, it. You can tell that it's CGI. Well, That's, see, I, I come from kind of like the camp where I rather see terrible practical effects yeah, than I CGI effects are. because you get to see the time that they put into it. You get to see, you know, the effort and, like, you know, how they're trying to fool you with what you got. With CGI, like, everything is just so... You can instantly spot when, like, that looks out of place. That looks like that wasn't, you know, yep. 
put on set, you know. Well, I agree. I think they I think they did rely on that a little too much in this film. I I would say that I didn't I wasn't a huge fan of the design of the um the robots, really. I mean, I know that they were trying to go for what you normally see in mm. like Terminator 1 and 2. I wasn't having it, but that might just be me being a picky bastard. <laughs> but um what I think it boils down to is that if you're really thinking about Terminator Genesis while you're watching it, if you're really thinking about the timeline, about what you already know about Terminator and Terminator 2, it's going to be sort of overwhelming in the sense that you are trying to piece together the the ways that it kind of fits into the context of the other films, and it kind of bogs down. Do you think that if you watched it and you didn't really think about you know how much the timeline just doesn't really mesh together... Do you think that you would enjoy it more on an entertainment level as a popcorn film? No, I, I, I think even still as a popcorn film it fails because I mean, do you because because because, pop- because it has all that exposition and it has it's all this. A, it, yeah, it's, it's slow, so it's slow in its middle half. I would say so. You would be you know it's. It's not like it's all action where you know you can turn your brain off and just let it. You know, and just let well, it, let it all digest. It if, doesn't let you turn your brain off. You're supposed to be thinking about its timeline mm-hmm. as long as it keeps going. Yeah, so like even as a popcorn film, it fails. It, I mean, do you think that using popcorn film as a sort of catch-all for any of these like summer blockbusters like Jurassic World um, is actually relevant? I mean, is a popcorn film where you don't have to think about it, is that really something that you could say is entertaining on that level or should you always kind of be thinking about th- what the, the film is offering you i think you should always be thinking but i mean i understand with like you know i've it, certain films that if i've seen enough i can turn my brain off and yeah. kind of enjoy it but when the first time i'm watching something i'm sitting there intently trying to you know digest everything and it's not like I'm trying to sit there and be a nitpicky bastard, yeah. you know, and like, oh, this is wrong and that. You know, I want to, like, and try to internalize it, but when it's got so many flaws mm-hmm. that you can't overlook them. And like I said, even as a popcorn film, if you try turning your brain off, you can't really enjoy it as just like, oh, this is like a just Terminator, but with a lot of action, because there's not a lot of action in, it, in the action, and it, it's nothing to be, you know, good. It's not like anything great or spellbinding that's going to make you go like wow I just saw some great action it's not like Godzilla when we saw Godzilla where you like even your first time through you can turn your mind off and just appreciate like everything like you know the action that's happening yeah there's some slow parts where they're trying to you know explain how this all happened but you know you can still turn your brain off for most of the movie and be able to appreciate and love it for you know the action that it gives you this film offers you very little to nothing and, you know, I hate to, They do have, a, from what I understand, a three-deal uh, film, film series for this, so I don't really that look for... That was Arnold in that deal? He, I think he's got an option for this. He's going to do the second one, whether he's in the third one or not, I don't know. And Sarah Connor, Amelia Clark, she's... I think they're all probably... Basically... But I mean, you know, I, mean, that's, I don't look. I don't look. Whatever, if they do decide to go forward, no, I don't. I look forward I, to I don't, what they've got. I, I don't think they'll be able to impress me. Now, I you know, I mean, I, I keep bringing up this thing of popcorn flick because you know there were some articles written about it when Jurassic World came out. Of you know, which I have not I, seen. I did see Jurassic World. 
I did enjoy it. I it's not a particularly great film. Mm-hmm. It's not well written at all. I wouldn't say that. But I would say that it was a fun way to spend a couple hours at mm-hmm. the movie theater when I saw it. Um, well, I don't think anyone would say either, though, that Jurassic World is... Uh, I mean, not Jurassic World. Jurassic, Jurassic Park, Park is, like, the most well-written story. It's, yeah. It's, you know... Again, it kind of goes back to the Terminator, like we were talking about Terminator 1. Simplistic guy, you know, genetically engineers his dinosaurs, wants to create a theme park. Chaos ensues from it. It's, you know, sim- as simple as simple can be, but it works because they know how to contain it, know how to frame it, know how to develop what's going on in that simplicity. I mean, and I think, I, I, I don't know if popcorn flick applies. I don't think that you can say that I can just turn off my brain and watch this film. But at the same time, I think that I can be entertained by something that doesn't necessarily have to be good. Isn't well, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not great? saying I'm not saying that either. I'm not yeah, saying yeah. every every film must go out there and try to be two thousand yeah. space odyssey. I mean, what I'm just what I'm trying to get at is is Terminator Genesis fun but not good. I'd still say it's not even fun. Say not not it's, that fun. And no, I think I would say the same thing as well. I really didn't find myself through most of it having fun. I was kind of sitting there thinking, okay, where's this going? And when is it going to get there? Mm-hmm. Because it didn't really get... I mean, I know that for a lot of it, it was exposition. And, you know, when I was sitting there thinking about it and and just watching it, I know that I wasn't thinking to myself, wow, this is a lot of fun. It was more mm-hmm. like a chore. Yeah, no. When you're, look, like, when you're looking at your phone like I was, seeing what the time was, and being like, oh, we still got 30 minutes of this left? Yeah. Then you know it's you know it's it has not been entertaining. And I mean, I have watched chore films before. I have watched some very terrible indie films. I wouldn't put it on that level. It's definitely yeah, a huge step up from something like that. It definitely you know it has a sense of pacing. I would say, but at the same time, it's it's just you know for a big budget film like that, it's it's it just not should have done more. Not not as good as it could have been. Yeah. Now, on a scale of 1 to 25, what would you give it? 1 to 25? 1 to 25. you got to pick one. What would you say? 1 to 25. 5. A 5. So it's, that means that it's like a it's, 20%. It's, 20% it's, you'd give it. Yeah, it's... I don't know why if I was going to give a 20%, I would give you a scale of 1 to 25. <laughs> Actually, no, I'd... I can't... Why don't you, why don't you, why don't you, like, why don't you fit the motif? Is 1 through 800. One through eight. So it'd be like the T eight hundred, you know. No, it's gotta be one through one thousand then. You have oh. the T one thousand. Well they have the T nine thousand too. So. <laughs> oh shit. One through nine thousand. Well no, I I'd I would say I would give it like if it was like one out of five stars, I'd give it one star. Okay. It's you know one star. And, and again but the funny thing is though, as much as I did not like this film, yeah. I did not care for it, it didn't entertain me at all. It as a fan of the franchise, it kind of like just irks me a little bit. Yeah. Didn't piss me off though. Mm-hmm. Didn't like. Not like Robocop. Did, yeah, no. Didn't like piss me off. Usually, like, a, like a, I expected to leave this film pissed off. Well, okay. And there were things, certain aspects of the film I was pissed off about, like the time travel and like it just not making any sense. But leaving the film, I wasn't like pissed at the film. I was just kind of like. Yeah, this film, this movie sucks, but it might have been because I had really low expectations. Well, yeah, 
But I think that's not true either because when we went to see Mad Max Fury Road, we definitely didn't have great expectations for it. Not at all. And left, we left, left blown. Very, very impressed. Yeah. So I think that it can work both ways. And I know, you know, it might sound like, you know, Martin is just kind of like a. Uh, uh, kind of like a picky bastard, and which he is. But at the same time, I know his style of film, and I know that for him to say Terminator Genesis really wasn't, you know, something that entertained him in a, you know, I know that he's speaking without expectation or bias in mind. He's just basically stating the opinion of what he saw on the film. If you had just Arnold running around with a gun, blowing mm-hmm. shit, like, you know, blowing shit up, trying to chase Sarah Connor and Kyle Reese there, like, in a new, like, like if they just kind of, like, did, like, a sh- straight remake of Terminator, the first Terminator, yep. but instead just action it up even more, because that's the thing to do, Yeah, I would have probably found you it... Been, you would have been down. I like. I'm not saying I would have loved it. I'm not saying I would have right. lo- yeah, liked it. Still not have been good. But I I probably would have appreciated a little bit more. Even though like, that's not the thing I like typically would go for. I would still be like, they're doing. Look, Arnold's old as shit. They're like, you know, they're going. They're they're picking one thing, sticking to it, and trying to follow through. Not or even adhering to the idea of the T-9000 as another new robot that Skynet has created mm-hmm. and then throwing that back in time mm-hmm. where they got to deal with it in 1984 maybe, you know Terminator 2 where Arnold is still good yeah. or you know or if it's even more in the distant future that is still kind of that simplistic idea that Terminator 1 and 2 had furthering it a little bit and then adding a new sort of robot style mm-hmm. at the same time. I, I would have been okay with that as well. But I think when it takes all of these years, 2029, 1984, 1970, whatever the hell it is, jumping ahead to 2015, and then 2014 is also important. All that stuff is just... It just boggles the mind, I think, is the main problem. And I think that's really what the biggest problem with Terminator Genesis is. Um, now, just, we don't really have much to go off of from what we've covered so far. We covered, you know, last time, um, Man, Pride, and Vengeance. Mm-hmm. So, they're very different. Rank Man, Pride, and Vengeance and Terminator Genesis. On what scale? On your scale. Uh, one, like, one to five. No, no, not on a scale, not on a one to five scale. Did you, you know, would you recommend... Man, Pride, Vengeance, more or Terminator Genesis? Well, I think it's two different, completely things. So well, I know I said to... that, but you still have to. I'm still giving you. I would say Man, Pride, and Vengeance. You would say Man, Pride, and Vengeance over Bare- there. Barely, but Man, Pride, and Vengeance. Well, I, you know, I didn't give you the option, but I think it really depends on the audience that you're recommending it to. Mm-hmm. Too. I mean, if just to the gen- just even to the general audience, I would say you'd say Man, Pride, and Vengeance. Man, Pride, and Vengeance. Just to be- a general audience. Of mostly idiots, you would say Man, Pride, and Vengeance. <laughs> I would say Man, Pride, and Vengeance. Yeah, I would because I think you can get more out. Is of Is it that. more important than Terminator Genesis? I, uh, <laughs> is, okay, is this? Is this <laughs> I'm asking the series. These well, are, I might as well be on CBS or something. Asking I, these I feel. I feel like this is like a like a. Like I'm on like a Fox News show, like asking all these like loaded, loaded, <laughs> very loaded questions. <laughs> 
I really hope the director of Terminator Genesis listens to this. Um, okay, let me change that. I would say that the cinematography and the color scheme and the way that uh, Man, Pride, and Vengeance portrays historical context is better than Terminator Genesis. I agree. I, I would I think... say that that has more value than what Terminator Genesis has, which is kind of a cloudy, sort of futuristic bent that doesn't really make sense when it comes down to it, when it boils down altogether. Whereas Man, Pride, and Vengeance, albeit slow, it does have a sort of... A, a, an important theme and it also works sticks off to of, it. It, sti- it sticks it sticks to it yeah and it also works off of Carmen which is another important sort of literary reference that mm-hmm. you know most people should really know about I mean mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that reference Carmen or, or, or those themes in general so I think you know and it's not it, obviously it's not really important to rank the two together they're, <laughs> they're totally totally different in almost every single way but you know as a reference to what we've covered before and now I think I'd still say Man Pride Vengeance I I think that kind of shows what kind of film Terminator Genesis is it's it's just another Terminator Genesis like for all we know the next ones that come out could be good and you'll completely forget about Genesis so would you be averse to covering the next Terminator film when it comes out for the podcast I would be I mean we I, are, I would probably be disappointed you probably to have to do it to, but, but, I, mean, but I, I, I I myself would feel like we have to do it but I'm, I I do too but I, I I would be disappointed kind of that person but for completion's sake because I am sort of we, we both sake. we both are kind of completionist horse um I would probably grip my teeth and do it. Now, granted, going into this film, too, I did not see any of the trailers. Did not see any of the ads or anything. I did see one trailer, I think, but I didn't really pay attention that that much. I didn't see anything. I just basically went into it blind, Uh not knowing what they were going to do with it. I knew Arnold was in it. All I knew knew going into this, that it's from the Terminator franchise. Christian Bale didn't throw a fit in this one. (laughs) But... That might have made the movie a lot more entertaining. Uh, yeah, it might have been. But might have been. But that or him walking around as John Connor with like a, you know, where are the Terminators going? <laughs> but uh, but oh, I mean, overall, I went into this film blind. I didn't know what was. I knew Arnold was in it. I didn't see any promotion for it. I didn't see because I I don't really watch TV or anything, so I don't. I don't really, you know, see, like, the trailers and ads for it, and even on YouTube, like, unless it's, like, a specific movie that I want to see, like, a trailer for, I don't really have to, you know, see it, yeah. so, so I went into it blind, I just had low expectations, because even though Arnold's and I'm like, well, Jesus, everyone else is doing such, you know, bang-up jobs when it comes to reboots, reimaginings, or continuing, you know, franchises, you know, I, I had, you know, no, I had... Low expectations, but like I said, it's because I went in there blind, and I didn't know what I was getting into. Well, I would say that we've come to about an hour and a half on this podcast, so if you've listened this far to two people discuss Terminator Genesis, you might as well just go and fucking see the film, because it's only two hours long. (laughs) So, you might as well go see it, and also watch Scientist Man and try to explain the, the, uh, the different years in the film. But other than that... 
Um, as we close out this second episode of the podcast, um, I want to say that we now are on iTunes for Blood and Black Rum podcast, so you can subscribe to that. We are on SoundCloud, um, soundcloud.com, and we are the username Blood and Black Rum podcast. Um, I always cover the Blood and Black Rum podcast on my Facebook page at The Moon is Dead World. Um, so that's facebook.com slash the moon is dead world um, and on the moon is dead world.net. And then we're also on like Stitcher mm-hmm. and um, a couple of Are other. On, I think we're on um, TuneIn as well. Are we on Podbean too? Or no, not? that fucking costs money and I oh. don't have the money to do that right oh. now. <laughs> if you guys want to uh, you know, contribute, I can definitely give you my PayPal account so you can send some money over oh, don't hold for it. all the uh, 17 listeners that we had on our first episode. Oh. But, um, you know, definitely we appreciate any subscribes, any likes. I, I post this on YouTube, so we do get some likes as well on there, uh, hopefully. Um, so I post that with, like, one picture. So it's not really, you know, very interesting to watch. But to listen to, definitely you want it. You'll, you'll want to do. Maybe one day we'll do a video podcast. Maybe one day we'll do it. No one wants to see that. No one wants <laughs> to see that ugliness. But um, so we're on YouTube as well. And um, any any if anybody wants to write in either to see to say uh, you know what they like or they really hate about the podcast or what they would like us to cover because we're always looking for, for things to cover and we're not actually sure what we're going to cover for for the next time on the podcast. You can write to us at our email at bloodandblackrumpodcast at gmail.com. And that's and, A-N-D, not the uh, ampersand, because, you know, most people use ampersands, so mm. it's A-N-D, bloodandblackrumpodcast at gmail.com. Um, so write to us there. Um, definitely, you know, give us any suggestions for movies to cover or TV shows or anime or anything nerdy that you really like, and maybe we'll just do that for the next podcast. Um, so we've done two episodes so far. How do you feel about how we've been doing so far? Can't get any worse. It can't. <laughs> it can't get any worse, people. It can't get any worse. Tune in next time. Um, like we generally we generally try to get you know about one podcast a week. It's tough with our schedules, um, but Martin definitely doesn't have anything to do now, so we'll, <laughs> we'll definitely be uh, trying to post. Even more frequently. So tune in next time to Blood and Black Rum Podcast. Thanks for listening.